Ciao, buongiorno, buonasera, wherever you are, whatever time it is in the world. We are coming at you here at Inter Worldwide with a few smiles on our faces, some a little bit wider than others. And I am joined by Team Fire, Christian Rilas Rivers. What's going on, bro? Uh, you know, another day in paradise. That's it, always. Mario Galliano, thank you for the player ratings today and welcome along again, my friend. What's up? Already know how it is. Good, and we know how it is today after a win. Very, very, very important. We're not cashing in just yet. There are still plenty of games left, but this one was vital, and we're here to bring it to you today. We've got a jam-packed episode. We're going to be talking about the fallout from Lazio, how it ignited the boys into getting the three points and the four goals against Genoa this morning. What does that mean for the rest of the Serie A with the inconsistencies now opening this up to eight different sides, all looking pretty good at the moment this season? Actually, more specifically, we've got more sides like Torino and Atalanta fighting for those Champions League spots at the expense of Roma, Lazio, Milan and ourselves. We'll dive into that shortly as well. We'll preview the Atalanta match. We all know how they went in Bergamo. So we're going to try to replicate that scoreline at the San Siro in the other direction. And that'll pretty much be it. We've got a certain special plug at the end of this episode coming at you from Australia's own Stefan Rossi. You may recognize that name from a certain track called Gattuso's Plan. Part two is coming at you exclusive from Inter Worldwide. All right, enough introduction. Let's get into the interesting stuff. I'm starting with Christian Rivas once again. Thanks for joining me, bro. What did you think about Genoa this morning? And can you relate it to how the team had to react after the abysmal performance at the San Siro against Lazio, brother? Well, I thought it was a really good tactical game. I was glad to see Gagliardini back in the midfield. I felt that was uh, something that I was missing last week against Lazio. You know, I don't want to sit there and say that Borja kind of messed up, but, hey, I'm going to call it how it is. Gagliardini shores up the midfield better than Borja Valero. I mean, Borja can give you a good 30 minutes as a super sub, but he's not good enough to give you 60, 70 minutes anymore. He's kind of on his downfall, if that makes any sense to you guys. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Go on. Uh, you know, man, also, it was good to see the team starting to click back together again. I think everybody kind of put all the drama to the side and was like, yo, let's just go out there and get this win and get it over with. We got a couple months left in the season. Let's finish these two months strong, and from there we'll see where it takes us. We all already know what's going to happen at the end of the season. Let's just get this over with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I speak for all of us where I, when I say it was just refreshing to see a bunch of grown adults put in a professional shift at work with no complaints and no drama, just like any other human being in the world would have to do for their regular job. Mario, do you echo Christian's thoughts? Give us something a little different. What were your thoughts on Genoa today? And uh, more importantly, for all your fans and for Icardi FC, uh, how many people did you, you know, scare or wake up or whatever when you cheered so loud when Icardi scored his penalty? Um, let's just say I almost changed the channel on on the TV because uh, it was corny, and uh, you know it was it was a good game overall. Uh, good to see the team performing in a convincing manner. Uh, it, it was done professionally, you could say, because uh, they look like a team for maybe the first time in a long time with Icardi on the field. Um, 
uh, like Christian said, Gagliardini was definitely one of the brightest points of the game. He shut down the midfield. He created the attacks. So I like what I saw, and this was the the player we've been uh, searching for for in him all season. Um, you know, defensively there wasn't really much to it once uh, once the red card came pretty early on. Uh, but I did wake up uh, actually at work. You know, I was everyone was sleeping and I'm watching the game and and uh, I went crazy at one point because there's this one guy. I don't know who he was because I, I didn't see him touch the ball. I didn't see him moving. He ends up with a one v one opportunity, and you know the goalie's le- sleeping. I think he was laying down in the middle of the goal and uh, you know he didn't know what was going on. And then you know I'm thinking, all right, this guy's gonna score. What does he do? He freaking hits the post. Oh, that's Icardi, the the stupid uh, the stupid star. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. You know, he he's been cold. He hasn't moved for 46 days. He has a bad knee. Okay, uh, maybe now he can get surgery. <laughs> that was one of the worst misses yeah. I've seen. For for the record, though, did you guys see when he took that penalty? He didn't look like his usual self when he takes a penalty. He tries to he do started, a little cheeky move. Nah, like... Oh he started God. twice. I think he started twice on his run-up. Usually, he just stutters once on purpose and confidently yeah. knocks the home after he sees the keeper flinch. He stutters and he waits again because the keeper stands still. And at that split second, I thought, shit, he's going to bomb this. But I was really hoping he it. did. He just snuck <laughs> it in the fight. He was actually I was hoping just... Honestly, when I saw the penalty, I was looking like, man, they gave this guy the cheapest goal, you know. But usually when he does, he tries to do a little panica or something. Nope, he just put it into the right corner. Like, you could tell that he was kind of nervous. He didn't want to miss. Yeah, I, I, I was so pissed off that they even gave him the freaking penalty. They should have given it to Handanovic or Brozovic. Asking me, <laughs> I would have subbed on Ranocchi. I take what it. you really feel and say you just give it to D'Ambrosio, man. Hey, I yo, would, why I y'all got to bring that up? I would love D'Ambrosio to get the penalty. Yo, you, what you don't know is that he can score a penalty blindfolded. Oh yeah. Oh really? D'Ambrosio is actually nice. Yeah. Yeah. You ever seen surprised. the training sessions where he takes shots? He's actually nice with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was pissed off because I'm like, all right, uh, now everyone's going to go crazy. He's like, oh, he caught these back. Oh, this and that. I'm like, the guy freaking missed an open goal, and he hasn't done anything. So I'm like, this, he's nothing's changed. It's the same shit. He just scored a penalty. <laughs> yeah, well, that penalty at the end of the day, it was still an important way to get us on our way to three points, especially with the red card. But full credit to Raja Nangolan for that whole process um, of Icardi did miss that shot, but did you guys see Nangolan's um, tackle in midfield that led to it? Yeah. No, that was Nangolan's awesome, bro. Oh, man, that was, vintage, that was vintage ninja on the halfway line, just chopping down guys and putting it through. That was brilliant, and that's something I want to echo today. When Raja Nangolan's on the field, we look like a different team, but unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily excuse us putting all our eggs in the ninja basket this season, because when he is unavailable, our entire tempo decreases. So let's just hope that Raja Nangolan is um, on a recovery to fitness and we get the full version of him next season. Do you guys still have optimism over Nangolan next season? I think he'll be turning, what, 31 31. next season? Probably only has probably, let's face it, two two years left at this level if he treats his body 
like a temple. What do you reckon, Mario? Uh, I still think he's got it. Two years is is still a long time. We can do a lot in two years, especially if uh, if we can get the reinforcements we need. Uh, you know, we'll have Lautaro Martinez coming back, uh, probably Naricardi, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll reinforce the midfield, and uh, we'll get players that can complement him. Um, maybe even Spalletti goes, and we find a new coach who can, you know, somehow uh, get some some new uh, some new ideas going, and and get him to uh, to continue performing at his best. Because uh, even though there's like six games left, he's if he's on there for six games, 75 minutes, let's say, it makes a difference. Of course it does. Rivas, what are your thoughts at the moment on Angolan? You you think he'll be a full force next season if he stays fit for us? I think he's going to get three seasons, not two, to be honest with you. Angolan, he's showing this season that he can reinvent himself. He, you know, all credit goes to Marota sitting the man down and checking him and getting his head straight. You know, it didn't work for all the players on the team, but it's nice to see that he he took it serious. You know what I mean? When the coach sits you down and uh, the CEO sits you down, both of them sit you down, and they're kind of like, yo, bro, like, we put all this money into you. We need you to stop fucking up and get your shit together. And he sure enough, he did it. You know what I mean? Like, all credit goes to him. He could have gone the other way and said, fuck these guys and faked an injury. But instead, what's he do? He sits down, he puts his head down, and he starts working. You know what I mean? He yeah. grinded out. He put in the work. It sucked that he had another calf injury, and we missed him for the last two games. But it was good to see him back, man. I, I was really excited to see him back. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Uh, I was going to throw it out to you to tell us about a couple of other good performers in the match. The last one I'll talk about before I send it over is Politano. Thought Politano was brilliant again, and you know half the time you don't even know where he's going to pick the ball up. If he's going to stay out on the right, if he's going to pick it up in the middle and drift to the right, half the time he's collecting it out on the left as well. I don't mind our inter- interchanging play between our wingers. It's actually been one of the positives of our tactical setup this season, in my opinion. It's very, very unpredictable to the wingbacks of the opposition if Ivan Perisic and Matteo Politano can interchange a little bit. Um, Mario, you're a pretty big fan of Politano. Were you impressed again today? And if so, who else were you impressed with? I thought Politano was uh, was very good today. Um, he was taken on his on the defenders all game. He was on the left side, the right side, the middle. I think he had like a, re- a really really dangerous shot towards the towards like the 60th minute. I think it was him where he just ripped one, and Radu just made a crazy save on his left side. Um, so we're still, we're still getting the best out of him. Like, uh, he's just missing a goal to basically just, uh, confirm how good he's been playing or like that final assist, you know, like he's doing everything right. He's getting into the dangerous positions. He's keeping the ball. He's taking on his defenders and he's not putting in like useless crosses like Andreva when he's cutting in, he's keeping possession. He's being dangerous almost every time he's, he's driving at the defense. Um, Another player, obviously, Gagliardini. Uh, Brozovic was, was top-notch today also. You know, someone who I don't even really like all that often, but Brozovic is really, uh, he's grown on me this season. And uh, the best part of the match was when Perisic went down, Genoa players would not kick it out. And then he just freaking, I don't even know who it was, 
one of the guys in the middle of the field, he gets to him, he just lays into him. He just fucking swings his leg as hard as he could, took him out, and kicked the ball as far as he could. And he was like, fuck this shit. Get up. <laughs> Stop this play. Uh, and other than that, I think uh, Parasic even had a pretty good game. Uh, it was a little he, slow off the mark at the start. Yeah. Um, for the game really well and I agree with what you said in your player ratings man he actually turned into a really dominant force in the back the back maybe 60-70 minutes of that match he, he was doing everything right yeah exactly like if we can get him to just come out of the gates just full force uh, finishing the chances that he gets it's it's going to be it's going to be a game changer because he's dominant his left foot his right foot and every time he goes at defenders inside the box it's a it's a dangerous opportunity, something that Icardi never ever ever does, and it it annoys the shit out of me because all he has to do is take a touch, try to take on the defender. He doesn't even have to beat the defender; just create a half a half a half of half a yard of space for himself, just by you know doing a cutback or a, a little feint or or a fake shot or something, just to to keep the defender honest and then. If he can get a shot off, it's gonna it's gonna go in. But he doesn't do that. He he just doesn't create that space for himself, and he kind of he shoots us and himself in the foot when he could be so much better than he really is. But Perisic does that; it's just not as effective. Um, and then even Joe Mario came on and just held it down. You know, nothing special, but you know, it's just the little things that uh, that that just goes to show you that anyone could come in and and they can perform at, at the highest level and keep the momentum going. Yeah, look, I got to look at it realistically, though. Jal Mario is someone who, when he's been thrust in the starting lineup, has failed to impress a yes. lot, even this season when he's given another chance. So you look at his standout performances. The first one actually came against Genoa. And so when we did beat Genoa 5-0 at the San Siro, it was a great performance. Always good to see five goals. But we need to remember that Genoa side were coming off the back of like literally a 60-hour rest after losing very dramatically in the last minute to AC Milan. Their spirits were quite crushed. That 5-0 was a massive reflection on the current state of Genoa. So I think people were quick to jump on the Jal Mario hype train. And today, again, as you said, he was brought in to hold it down, and that's what he did. Rivas, before we completely move on, man, any other comments on the Genoa match? Perisic was impressive. Anybody else you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, I just want to add on to Poyetano. At the beginning, actually before the season started, when he got purchased, I was telling uh, my boy Nick Latore and Mario, I was like, yo, man, that's my signing of the summer. You know, everybody says Nangola, but I was like, nah, that kid play Thano, he can ball. And every time he goes on the pitch and he shows up, I love it because he proves me right. He was definitely the signing of the summer. I think we're going to redeem him. We'd be stupid not to redeem him. You know, the kid, the thing I love the most about him is not only does he cross well, but when he cuts in, man, he could rip it. You know yep. what I mean? And he could bend it right into the corner and he makes keepers look stupid. And it's it's great to have that, you know. We haven't had a winger that can cut in and cross since last year when Perisic was healthy. This year, for some reason, it feels like none of the wingers really feel like cutting in. They just need to cross the ball to the middle. Yep. So it's refreshing to see Poyetano do that more often now, especially as we're getting into the later half of the season where it's kind of like, yo, we need to get ourselves back into Champions League. Like, Let's just buckle down and get it done. Yeah, one more thing for for the Genoa. They haven't. 
lost a game, I think it was, in like six home games, or they haven't conceded something like that. Yep. It's a crazy statistic. And we just went in there and walked all over them. So I think that's uh, that's definitely a positive from uh, from this team today. Yeah, Genoa yeah. got a squad, man. Like every team yeah. in Italy, dude, I don't care what anybody says, especially you guys remember when we were going to Cagliari and I was the only one sitting there saying, I'm worried because Cagliari mm-hmm. can ball, bro. Yep. Like a lot of people don't understand every team in City can ball. Bologna, all these teams, they can ball. They go out there and they give it 100, especially against teams like Inter. They know how to frustrate us, you know. Now, if we could have Sassuolo sit up and show up against Juve, you know, that'd be a different story. But these teams, man, it's nice to see these young these younger teams coming up. Like I tell people, Inter is not a team that's going to bring up the youth. But I bet you if you were to buy a youth player and send them to Genoa, kids are going to be worth $60 yeah. million in two years. Exactly. Yeah. Look, it's a great league, and it's very tactical-based, and it's so hard, and a lot of people in the world don't watch Serie A because they'll call it boring, and these are the kind of people that think that La Liga is almost as good as the EPO, and really there's 17 farmers, 16 farmers teams in the La Liga, and that's a horrible quality league, like 80% of the time, in my opinion. So the Serie A, in my opinion, gets a lot of unnecessary hate. Honestly, the so. thing I like about the Liga is when the bottom teams play each other. You know, outside of the top, outside of Madrid, both Madrid teams and Barcelona, you know what I mean? Like, the other teams, when they play each other, it's actually pretty interesting, to be honest. It's really nice to see technical abilities from a lot of the players there. But it's not like City A, where you have the smaller teams that can match up against the Juves, the Inters, the Milans, the Napolis, the Lazios. You know, you know, you see those teams I just named off there in La Liga. I can't even sit there and put Valencia and Villarreal on the same no. level as any of those teams. Yeah. You know, it... It's not as competitive. The meter EPL, I don't even consider it that great of a league. If you sit there and you actually watch it, the play style is let me play a long ball and chase it and shoot it. There's no actual defending. There's no actual real tactics taken into effect. That's the thing that makes City Yacht beautiful to me. I tell everybody, if you really want to learn the sport, watch City Yacht. You'll Mm -hmm. see every five minutes, coach is sitting there on the touchline making adjustments. He's changing the tactics from a 3-5-2 to a 5-3-2, you're watching the game evolve. You know, it's beautiful to see those young teams going out there and doing that. That's why you have these Tonellis and Barrellas coming out. And like I've been telling people, my boy Mancini, he's going to get Italy into the Final Four of the next World Cup, and he's going to get us in the Final Four of the Euros, if not the finals, and win it all. You that heard it here dream, first. bro. Um, Fiend and Giordi to get back on international platforms, man. And I'm pretty excited as well. I know Finland and, you know, Lichtenstein aren't aren't the most very vigorous of opponents. But we've already seen those flashes, man. We've seen those flashes. Um, listen, guys, I, listen. Know I could talk to you boys all day about this, you know that, but we've got to move on. We've got a lot to get through. So before we move on to Atalanta, and there's a lot I want to speak about about the next couple of match days, because if you actually analyze the fixtures, boys, we have a golden chance here. Again, after winning today, AC Milan, one all to Udinese, drop points, Roma, 2-2 Fiorentina, which looked like a cracker of a game. I'm going to watch that one when I get home for sure. And Lazio, I can see that it was a penalty they conceded with 89 in the 89th minute. Went down 1-0 to Spal, effectively reversing the damage that they did on us last week. So when we look at these this information here, we can see now that the gap between us and Milan is up to four points. And the gap between us and Roma is now up to, I think, is it seven or eight? Can anybody, has anyone got the table in front of them? I can't remember. 
You said between who? Us and who? Us, us and Lazio. Us and right. Lazio is like, we have 56, we have 56 they have 48. Yeah. And they've but got they a game in hand. Game and, in so hand. Do, and so do Atalanta, who's also on 48. Yeah. Yep. So Atalanta, yeah. Lazio, Roma, Torino are all at 48. Sam Doria's at 45. Yo, it's crazy how Fiorentina's at 39. I, like, yo, that's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Like, they're in tough place. That's how good it is this year. Exactly. That's that's not a lot of points, 39, for them. I expected them to be performing a little bit better. Torino, <laughs> Mazzari has spoiled them pretty well for as much hatred as he gets from the Nerazzurri fans. He's a proper tactician, that Walter Mazzari. And Torino will be in with a sniff. But to be honest, we've got to talk about this Atalanta fixture because if we can get the three points at the San Siro against Atalanta... In a match day where Lazio faced a tricky Sassuolo and Milan faced Juve. And then only four days after that, Lazio and Milan play each other. So we really have an opportunity here to get these three points over Atalanta and put some breathing space between us and them. Not only that, one of Lazio or Milan has to drop points uh, when they play each other. And I don't think that both. Yeah, if not both, and I don't fancy Milan to beat Juve, even if I, even if Juve are a whole league ahead of Napoli, and Milan desperately need the points. So I know I've rambled on a little bit, but Mario, going into Atalanta, are you confident? And do you think we can finally take a stranglehold of the league and maybe push ahead, and not statistically, but mentally lock down the Champions League spot soon? Uh, I, I'm a fan of Atalanta. I think they have a really, really good team that is, uh, they actually haven't lost a game in the last five, uh, win, draw, win, win, draw, and then the sixth was a loss to Torino, so uh, it's, they beat Parma, they beat Kiev, they beat Sampdoria. They ran through Fiorentina. Yeah, they killed them, and then uh, they tied them right before that in the cup, but as we get back, um, <clears throat> Atalanta is a good team. I, I I think they're one of the scariest teams in uh, in Serie A because of they have one of the most talented teams aside from Juve Napoli. Pretty much, uh, they have you know the the best player in, on their team is Joseph Ilicic. I will not go into reasons why, other than because he's from Palermo. Um, <laughs> but. You know, it's little things like that make a difference in a team. Uh, you know, the more polyball players you have, the better uh, you are in the Serie A. But <laughs> um, no, but um, they they're capable of beating us for nothing if, if it came down to it. If we were on a bad day and they were on a good day, pretty much, uh, they're just one of those teams that that you, they could be that good at any given moment. Um, so it's it's a tough one. I, I I'm not really confident, but if we perform like we played today, I feel like we can get them in a shell and uh, we can put them away. But that's only only if we were to play top notch like today. You started Cardiff again? No, never. Even with your bias out of the way, common sense wise, we've just won four nil away from home and we've turned a corner mentally. I'll ask you again, Mario. You start Mario. Is Lautaro Martinez not injured? He, I don't think he'll play against Atalanta. He's expected back in the game after Atalanta. Is that Frosinone? 
Uh, <laughs> I'd have to check that up. So don't worry about that now. Don't quote me on that. But he's yeah. definitely out of Atalanta. And even if he wasn't, we definitely wouldn't rush him back now with the country fit. That would be stupid. Hmm. I'd go Keita Balde. Keita Balde. I actually yeah. had to turn off my um stream around about minute 77, 78 because there was uh, way too much traffic and I didn't want to watch it on my phone. Did any of you happen to catch Keita Balde's 11, 12-minute cameo? Did he do anything special? Yeah. No. No. Nothing special. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. no honestly, but it, honestly, if Toto isn't fit, you got to go with Tacardi because we do need a striker in there. We all saw how the last match was with Keita Balde. I mean, you can't not get that. He's a winger. He's not a striker. Yeah. He's not. You know, you need a striker in there, bro. Uh, we have a striker. We have uh, Ranocchia. <laughs> Look, Play, don't get me over. excited here, bro. Uh, <laughs> I put I put two of D'Ambrosio if I could. <laughs> Rivas, talk I to us you. a little bit about Atalanta. Are you confident at all going into the fixture? I know Gus Berini's got the team on a high. Man, to be honest, they really deserve European football next season, Atalanta. So how important is it to get those three points? Because as I said, Rivas, when you look at those fixtures ahead, this could be the one. If other results go our way, this could be the one that really really propels us ahead of the pack well honestly i think we're gonna win in the tight game you know us going into bergamo i believe we won in bergamo this year you know what i mean the unlikeliness of it i'd have to go back and check that but freaking uh i think we beat them in in milan you know this game i'm kind of more confident than i was in the cagliari game and, you know, actually, no, we lost against them in, in Bergamo. Now that I remember. In Bergamo, we got, was, we got smacked. Yeah, we got, we got smacked. smacked. One. Yeah, we got That's smacked what I'm saying. And it's not but, like they're taking a, a far away trip. It's listen, a half listen. hour drive. <laughs> listen, you, you know how everybody always says, but can you win on a cold, rainy day in Stoke? Now, my saying has always been, but can you win on a cold, rainy day in Bergamo? Because Bergamo mm. is a fortress. Never said that. But, no, I say that shit all the time on Facebook. Never. Don't give me that. You can sit there and go through my post, and I guarantee you'll find it. Oh, but anyways, man, back right to now. it. Do it. Look it up right now. I can show you at least three times. Anyways, back to it. Uh, what you call it? Atalanta away from the Bergamo is different. You know what I mean? Away from home, they're a different team. I think we could beat them. Then we smack them around like 7-0 last season in the San Siro. Uh, it was last season or the season before that where we smacked them 7-0 or 6-0 in the San Siro, in the Miazza. I think, I think that was the season before that because I've got this memory of Gagliardini scoring with our black and blue strip with the yellow riding on the front. Actually, yeah, you're right. I think it, it was. was so it, it wasn't was, last year. It would have been 16-17. It was 2017. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's 2017. It was like 7-1, something crazy like that. But anyways... Friggin', I think, like I said, I think we could beat Atalanta and we could finally put a stranglehold on third place so we decide to fuck up again. You only said it twice. Uh, Go through my Instagram, ho. I'm on Facebook. Well, look at Instagram. I got tons of them on there. I can't search. Well, you're whack. But I did say, that's the hardest stadium to go play at. Nobody... Dude, Juve goes and gets smacked up in Bergamo, bro. Not any team can walk in there and just win. It doesn't work that way. Well, I guess we're lucky this one's at the San Siro at this point of the uh, end of the season, right? Yeah. Well, let's just hope that the fans are behind that I got. See, so 
we've done a little bit of talking about Atalanta. Um, you know what? While we're here, let's do a score score preview, a score prediction as well. I'm going to go with two one. Uh, Perisic and Icardi score, and then they hug and hold hands as they walk back to the halfway line. Mario, uh, I'm going to go two nothing Atalanta. Damn, that's ballsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who scores for them? Ilicic Ili- Ili- and um, what the fuck's his name? Uh, Man, if you don't know the forward guy, what's his name? I can't think of it. Zapata. Zapata, yeah. Yeah, it's Christian Zapata. Yeah, you're not gonna show their you're not gonna show their legend any love though. Who? Who? Papu Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. Papu. I don't think he scores. I think I think he has a great game, but I don't think he scores. Skinny's gonna man mark his ass out of the game, man. He won't even get a look. Yeah, that's true, but you always got to give that man respect. Bro. Nah, D'Ambrosio's going to shut him down because he plays on the left side mostly. That's I'm gonna true, too. And I'm going to try to get some news shortly on Stefan De Vrij. Do any of you know his status? Is, is he injured? Because what I read is that he wasn't necessarily injured on the international break. It was just precautionary. And then there might be a clause in his contract that makes that features that he doesn't play against Lazio. But he didn't play again this morning. And, you know, full credit to Jao Miranda. He started a little shaky in the first 10 minutes. But he played well, Jao Miranda, today. And obviously not the nice hardest uh, of games, but yeah, with the face mask on and everything. But, you know, it's good to see Jao Miranda get a few minutes before he does depart at the end of the season. But does anybody know if De Vrij will be named for Atalanta? If I'm not mistaken, he had a, a muscle injury. I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was a thigh or a calf. But I think they said he was supposed to come back for this coming game against Atalanta. He was supposed to be back in the lineup. Well, not the lineup, but back in the squad listing. Mm, fair call, fair call. Well, let's hope to see him um, back again because we need our great wall for this match, that's for sure. Uh, Christian, a prediction for Atalanta before we move on? Honestly, probably 2-1. Enter. I'm going to go and say Nengolan and D'Ambrosio or Perisic, one or the other. Uh, for Atalanta, I'm going to say freaking Papu Gomez. I got to respect the guy, you know, either him or Zapata. It's one or the other. What about Ilicic? Yeah, no, nah, he's from he's from Palermo, so he doesn't count. He's nah, still he's playing not. the City B. He's the I'd best player in the field. I'd take Ilicic next season, one hundred percent, a thousand percent. Well, I take Grosso if I could. Again, yeah. <laughs> time to talk a little bit about the fallout of today and how we think the mentality and the dressing room is going to shake up. Let's have a look at some of the visual representations that at least we were able to see as fans today. So. Obviously, the reactions on the pitch were pretty good. Nobody looked frustrated with anybody. You know, that goes without saying when you're able to win four goals to nil. But nice to see Icardi and Perisic putting their differences aside to at least do a professional job on the pitch. However, I did notice when Icardi subbed, uh, was subbed off, uh, he did kind of brush past Paletti. Did you guys manage to see that? Yeah, I saw mm-hmm. that. But I think... Uh... They showed a they only showed a picture or like the angle from uh, Icardi's back, but if you look at it from the other way, uh, Spalletti actually put his hand out for a handshake. Yeah, uh, cool. he did. I hope, that the, I hope there's no disharmony. What do you What do you think, Christian? Do you think that What do you think the dressing room was like after that match? Yo, honestly, I just think it was in the dressing room before the match was when the big thing went down. Where they were just like, "Yo, let's just get the season over with." You know what I mean, like. We all have one goal. We're all professionals. We need to do our jobs and get it over with. I think that came more from the senior players where you have Perisic, Handanovic, Brozovic, D'Ambrosio, 
Ronokia, these guys actually probably all got in a circle with everybody and was like, look, we get it. Half the players don't fuck with each other here. Let's just get this season over with. Let's get let's do our job and get it over with. You know what I mean? I think that was more mainly stated from Ronokia and Handanovich, if you want yep. to be honest. And yeah. I feel that at the end of the day, it was just a show. It was fake love between Parasitz and Icardi. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. It, it was just fake. You could tell all around that these guys don't really fuck with each other. But they did it just so the media doesn't go out and say anything. I, I'm pretty sure both the, well, Parasitz is probably sick of the media by now. <clears throat> you know, Icardi likes the center of attention. But if you notice throughout the whole drama, everybody's been talking shit about Parasitz, but he was the only one not to run his mouth to the media. Show up, train, do a job, go out, play, and just keep it moving, you know? I'm going to give credit where it's due. That's the one thing that irritated me about Cardi was that he kept running his mouth and Wanda kept running his mouth. And then all you have is the Cardi FC sitting there just saying, oh, this is all Parasitz's fault. But at what point did Parasitz go to the media and say anything? Yeah, very well said, man. At the end of the day, there are levels and Parasitz as as an older and more mature adult was able to handle it in a much more professional way than Mauro was. Uh, Mr. Galliano, what are your thoughts uh, on the fallout of this? Do you think the team can maintain cohesion until the rest of the season? And while we're on that topic of Perisic, it's a good one to finish off. There is a curious case of Ivan Perisic. If Mauro is moved on, can Ivan stay? Um, I think the team's kind of in like a, uh, a fantasy land right now because they're kind of like faking it until they make it. But once, you know, something goes wrong, I feel like it, we're just going to go right back to where we were before. And you're going to have Icardi or Perisic on strike again. You know, maybe Icardi's <laughs> other knee blows out and he needs surgery. Um, <clears throat> you get some shooting pains, you know, that nobody's ever seen before. Um, uh, but if Icardi leaves, uh, I want to say Perisic stays, but I could also see him going because... You know, there's. It's not just one player that's been the problem. Perisic has been a part of it. Brozovic too, but you know, Brozovic has been performing better. Where Perisic has been, you know, at a point where we can just get rid of him and replace him because it's not like he's scoring ten, fifteen goals and you know, backing up all his shit he's talking or not talking rather. Um, but, you know, like like Christian said, he kept it quiet. You know, he kept everything under wraps, which big respect to him. Um, but I, I could honestly, you know, I could see them all going at the end of the season, though, at this rate. Spalletti included. Yeah, throw him in there. As much as I don't think he will, I could see it happening. Mm. Christian, are you pretty convinced that Spalletti's on his way out, or you think if we get third, he kind of bides his time a little bit more due to the relative weakness of the Serie A this season, making him to look, you know, a little bit better than we actually are? No, he's out. I've been saying this for some time now. He's out the door. You know, hey, I know a lot of people saying he's staying, and I know a lot of people want him to stay, but the way this whole situation was handled from top to bottom. He's out the door. Mauro's out the door. Perisic is on the fence because if we do get Mourinho, he's going to want to keep him because, remember, the last two summers, he's been trying yeah. to snatch him away from yep. Inter, and he's not going to let the man leave as soon as he walks in. 
no you way. know, a big and... coach like that, and that's the type of coach we need, is a strong center figure that's going to check the whole locker room. You know, credit to Marota that just came in and started doing it, even though it was midseason. That's what we've needed for some time, is somebody to come and check this locker room. So I think parachute stays, to be honest. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, I, I just, honestly, if you have a coach like Mourinho come in, he's going to request him to stay because one way or another, whether you like it or not, even though he might not be turned on offensively, defensively, Parasic is putting in work. So you yep. got to remember, in this world, in modern football, there's not many two-way wingers left. So no, there's not. Especially in Italy. Especially in Italy. that I can only name maybe two. You know, so you you got to remember because it's not as, as good as players like Douglas Costa and Bernardeschi are. They're not defensive like Perisic. They have zero defensive output. Yeah. Yep. So you got to you got to look at the bigger spectrum of things. You know, as the coach coming in, if I have one of the world's best wingers, whether people that will want to agree with me or not, and he's gonna have a whole summer off to recover, you you guys still got to remember this kid put in a whole World Cup. And then he came straight to City Yard after that. He didn't really have a break to get the the sit down and relax. You know what I mean? Like this kid's gonna have a whole summer off. He's gonna have an actual vacation. He's gonna come back refreshed. He's probably gonna come back with a new coach. The toxicity that made him put in a transfer request in the Cardi is out the door. Because whether people want to agree with me or not, that has been Perisic's biggest beef with this team has been Icardi. This is a known fact for the last two years. Icardi is the reason Perisic wants to leave. Spalletti says he's going to nip it up and fix it. He didn't. It blew up into a bigger issue. You saw about like five players put in for transfer requests come January. And next thing you know, Icardi gets his captaincy removed. And then it all falls out where he's an issue. So we got to look at it from from an adult standpoint. Anthony, I don't know. How old are you, Anthony? 26. All right, Mario and you are about the same age. I'm 30. So if I'm in a situation where I don't get along with somebody, I'm going to want, want to avoid that person. If I can't avoid that person, I'm going to want to leave the situation so I don't got to deal with that person because I know as an adult and as a grown-ass man, that person is not going to run his mouth the way Mario is running his mouth about me. Because I'll knock him the fuck out just to be blatant and honest. You know? uh, bro, yeah, you don't know me. I, dog, I dead ass would. I would knock him out if Mauro was running around, running the shit, doing what his wife is doing. I probably would have knocked him out and said, "There's your put that on Snapchat, put that on Instagram." You know what I mean? Like, yo, your wife running around saying that I can't put a decent pass in, I can't do a crossing. Yo, I probably would have knocked him out. Yeah, you it was honestly like, the most. What a two-footed Childish point of the beef. That was the most childish point of the beef. That whole one, the other thing, where she came out and said that. And I'd have to agree with you, with us, man. Perisic had every right to squash that. And you know what? When we look back at it now, he actually did it quite professionally and put his ego aside, didn't he? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. A lot of people will sit there and criticize him and bash him. Yeah, I get it. You know, I understand. But when you're when when you've been in that position. You get where he's coming from, and you're kind of like, yo, like, I respect you more for doing it because at least you didn't go and run your mouth on social media. All you did was put in a transfer request like, yo, you guys told me you guys were going to nip this in the bud. It never got done. I'm tired of dealing with this. You know, like, 
what are you going to do? Can you sell me now? Can I get out? Because I don't want to deal with this. This is childish. Because there's also, like, absolutely no chance that he would uh, have a... Have a say over Icardi because you know Icardi has everything going for him in the standpoint where he, he's a captain, he's younger, you know he's scoring all the goals, he has you know all the fans on his side. And Perisic, not the best of seasons, older, you know uh, he isn't the captain basically. So they're like, all right, you know they're obviously not going to back him. So he just needs. To think, he was like, "I'm just gonna get the fuck out because what else am I gonna do? I'm just gonna sit here and take all this shit when I could, you know, say everything completely true. Like he does this, this, and this, where I do this, this, and this better, or whatever. You know, he's out here making an ass of himself. I'm out here just being professional, and you're gonna side with him? No, that's just not how it's gonna work. I want out. And they're like, "No, we'll we'll nip it." And then obviously, blew up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, that, that's just that's that's my biggest issue. I you know that's the one thing I've been feeling I wanted to get off my chest that I feel a lot of the Cardi FC and a lot of fans out there don't see. You know what I mean? Like they sit there and they bash this guy and they say they wish the worst upon this guy, but you sit there and you sit back and you look at him and you're just like, bro, like I can't be mad at you. You know what I mean? Like I get it. I've been there before. I understand. No, but they're all stuck in their football manager ways, and uh, you know. Tacos. A lot of a lot of fans just think you can replace anyone with the drop of the hat and just exactly football manager just splash any amount of cash and replace anybody without thinking it through. But oh well look, I'm sure we're all in the same boat. We all just want to see the back of Mardo Ricardi and Juan Donata. Hey, you know what? We're not in the same boat. I'm sure I'm sure both of you'll agree. There'll be many fans this morning that completely flip their mentality back to Way Mardo too many. Ricardi. Yeah, way too many. You know, us three, we're not one of them. We all need we all think straightforward and common sense. We all need to see the back of Icardi and Juan Donata especially. And, you know, what if that means Ivan Perisic comes back rejuvenated under a new manager uh, with an even better form? So be it, because he really is the most complete winger um, in Serie A, and we really can't replace him. Uh, in terms of what else we're going to speak about today, that's pretty much it. We're a little bit conscious of time and don't want to keep you guys listening too long, but we will be back extremely soon. To my guests... Thank you so much for joining us again on the Inter Worldwide podcast. Christian Rivas, always a pleasure, man. Yeah, same here. And I hope everybody actually sits there and really analyzes that whole Paris situation because you got to really look at the bigger picture and put your fanboy, you know, to the side. Put your fandom to the side and really think about what this guy did before you sit there, you defend the Cardi to the death. You know what I mean? Like, use your head for once. Use your common sense. I know common sense ain't so common after all, but think. Exactly. Forza Inter, not Forza Icardi. Mario, thank you as always for joining us, man. Always a pleasure. Bang, bang, you know how it is. Keep it real 100% bang, bang. of the time. Bang, bang. <laughs> That's it, boys. And from me and everybody else at Inter Worldwide, thank you for tuning in. And we leave you at the end of this podcast with a special sneak peek preview. This is Australia's own, Adelaide's own, Stefan Rossi with a lot of Mauro Icardi parody. Check her back on our YouTube in the next few days for a video on that. Anyway, as always, Forza Inter, Forza Inter Worldwide. Ciao, ragazzi. Wanda, can you get off Twitter? I'm going to make a song. 21 Savage Remix. <laughs> Damn, Missy Mari.